We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. Greetings everyone, welcome to Salt Ships and Scuttlebutt, a World of Warships podcast episode 59. Now first off, thank you for some of the feedback. I know I do have some static noise from my computer coming through the microphone. Been trying to work on that, hasn't succeeded, so apologies for that. But welcome back, Captain Green. How's your week been, good sir? Traumatic. Traumatic? Yes. What trauma have you self-inflicted upon yourself? I bought a drive on google drive you bought a and drive on google yeah, drive is there a terabyte a two terabyte computer drive to replace one that died but you and bought it on google drive so you've got a two terabyte drive on the cloud no i'm i'm we're gonna okay we're gonna back this up hi everybody this is salt <laughs> ships and scuttlebutt i bought a two terabyte hard drive off of amazon that's oh, the right word because here i'm thinking you get free space on google drive you actually paid to get more space on google drive you got two terabytes now this no, makes sense you was, bought you bought yeah, yeah amazon's hidden miss amazon's hidden miss you get some good products you get some yeah, questionable things and when you get them um then you read the instructions they're not it's not in the advertising and then you go yeah this isn't going to work yeah, it didn't let me save anything to the drive, didn't let me reformat the drive. And there's a whole bunch of stuff already preloaded on the drive. So I uninstalled it from my computer, I removed it. I deleted the volume and I am going to be sending it back to Amazon and yeah, making making some nice money back. Yeah, but what, it, what it was, did the seller say? Did they dispute it? Yeah, the seller said that I was lying, and then I said no, and Amazon's like, we side with the buyer. Hmm. Well, it's not like you're going to keep it and return something else back. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I, I also don't know why they think I would lie ab about it. Um, that's kind of the main point of weirdness for me like why why would i well granted i know that there's people out there who would try and lie and scam and, and break the system but no i just you you, you gave me a, a pos drive that and I, and I just want my money back i'll survive using uh, one terabyte that's fine i i had i had issues but not like i'm not going to send it back for amazon i got a xvm uh, switch i've got multiple computer inputs and I want to have a switch to one of my monitors um, rather than getting mm -hmm. another monitor and um, I bought it it said it did 60 frames per, sec per second for 60 hertz and I'm going cool this is great because the monitor 60 hertz I get it and it goes and it goes um, does this at 4k 1080p 60 hertz but the the target this is in the instructions on the website the target monitor must be 120 hertz minimum or otherwise it won't work what yes yes that, that's yeah that's that's good i guess it's good <laughs> it's good it, it, it just makes you want to strangle because in their description they don't say anything like that i'm just gonna like i don't care i'm just 30 bucks i'll just leave it well yeah i mean i'd be inclined to because it, it was it was an 80 dollar drive i'd be inclined to you know just just keep it because push comes to shove and the school i'm in i could just take the drive and take it back to 
you know, my class or something, we could try and reformat it there. We could have fun with it there. Yep. But uh, as somebody who... You're on a budget. ...is no longer making, you know, the, the $200 a, a, a week I was making when I was working five days a week and is now they, they knocked me down to two days a week. Yeah, I need that $80 back. You've, you've got to show your man meat more in the deli. Mm-hmm. I know. Actually, I've got to show it less. That's why they, they gave me less days. <laughs> now, I do have some sad news. I told everyone how proud last week we were to have a corgi puppy. One week later, we no longer have a corgi puppy. Um, my, wife, my wife is allergic to dogs. No, you ate the dog. No, I didn't. A dingo ate me corgi. No. <laughs> A dingo ate me corgi. Um, no, um, my wife is sadly allergic to dogs. So we, we found someone that was very generous. They've taken on our pup and all her equipment and gear. And I will get photos of the pup over the journey. But she has moved on to another family. So we're sad. But how was the, the young and taking it? Uh, pretty well, pretty well. She was sad earlier in the week when we found out that my wife was allergic. So um, by today, she was a okay. So we've got lots of photos and videos. So we'll, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. We can always inherit. Mm. Um, Green, Greeny will send us his doggo pics, but I've got lots of doggo pics to um, see me over for the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm still. That that would be heartbreaking for me. Have to it, give up a dog like it that. was it was for me as well. It's been a long uh, journey, like two three years. of so contacted the, the um, breeder, going onto the wait list, missing out last year because of um, they didn't have a big litter. I think the excitement for this year and um, um, yeah, it, it is what it so is. Well. It is what it is. It, I know everyone on my stream just said get the wife to move out, keep the dog open. In reality, that is not a solution. Yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> it is what it is. Now I know Greeny, like myself, has probably been up and about his not his group, but a subclan of um, Bonks S and Z Bonky Y played in King of the Sea today. So he probably watched that. He may have seen some beautiful um, eating single file torps of other people, but we'll, we'll touch upon that a little bit later. But um, I'll let Greeny introduce our guest for this week. Joining us live from Alaska, I think, we have <laughs> Mr. Felix Argyle. How we doing, sir? I'm doing all right. A little are bit you, tired. But are you from Alaska? Uh, I'm not from Alaska, but yeah, I, I live up here in the uh, frozen north. How many bears come to try and eat your stuff? No fewer than one per week. It's, it's actually a, a quota. Are you allowed to actually shoot them? So that way you can draw your own meat or anything like that? Or are they protected? So as far as hunting up here, uh, yes, we are. you are allowed to hunt uh, species of bear in certain areas of Alaska. And also if you were to, say, feel threatened by a bear on your property, you could shoot said bear and then you report it to game fish and parks and Greeny, yada 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 Greeny, you should never go to alaska someone's gonna um confuse you for a bear brother i was gonna i was gonna say you'd be concerned with me going because i'd probably fight a bear because i'd probably you know <laughs> get like 14 miller lights in and just be like hey he, look, he doesn't look too big I, oh. I could probably fight him if you have a bud light you might be a bear 
Oh, I didn't want to make that joke. Make that joke. Make that joke. I didn't want to make that joke. And you crossed the line. But, uh, real talk, though. I actually have not seen a single bear outside of uh, way out in the wilderness here since I've moved up here about three years ago. Yeah. It's moose that you have to worry about. The moose are everywhere, and they do not give a fuck about personal boundaries, and they think that everywhere is theirs, and they will kill you. So you in Anchorage in Alaska, or are you in another part of it? I'm in the interior of Alaska near Fairbanks. So, yeah, i got to ask, because playing online games, like, what what is your internet connection like, or do you use something like um, Starlink? I actually have uh, gigabit internet, uh, gigabit download speed, and then my upload speed is 20 megabits per second, or megabytes per second, excuse me. That's not too bad. That, To be honest, that's not too bad for the middle of nowhere. Absolutely. Greeny probably looks on upon Envy from um, East Coast of the United States. We, we have good internet out here. It's just never been where I live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that an oxymoron? Damn. Yes. Oh, so I was going to ask, so we know you're in Alaska, you're in the interior. If I was going to ask you one of our generic <laughs> questions as my wife coughs. Um, are there it's any... the dog. She's back. <laughs> the dog's not back. Are there any food venues? If Greeny came to visit you, do you have any food takeaways that you should recommend to Captain Greeny? Or do you have any local um, produce or um, herbs or something that you wouldn't get in the, the rest of the states or the rest of the world that only is in your area? Well, besides, like, local restaurants, I mean... I guess the the closest thing I can think of to the question you're asking is uh, the wild berries. Uh, for example, uh, we have uh, completely different species of uh, wild blueberries and raspberries as compared to the lower 48. I know this isn't very exciting, but the wild blueberries and raspberries up here are absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the like most popular things to do is uh, go out berry picking, which that's when you're more likely to see a bear. But I mean... <laughs> The berries are really, really good. And there's so many different varieties of uh, wild berries up here. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a super big cultural thing for people to go out berry picking and uh, make preserves out of them. I was going to say, do you make preserves? Because that, that would be pretty cool. Because how, how long would your spring and summer be? It wouldn't be as normal as for the rest of us having, like, say, seven to eight, nine months of non-winter conditions. You, you'd have a very long winter. Yeah, it's it's about the opposite where we have six to eight months of winter so i will say currently the high for today was uh a very brisk three degrees celsius and oh you um, should have got some sunscreen on you could have burnt him yes oh oh absolutely we are getting a lot more sun right now but we're still looking at uh temperatures that are flirting with freezing for at least a couple more weeks uh so we get usually spring around may to middle of may and then we get that uh pretty pretty nice weather it's actually very nice up until around late september early october it really depends that's pretty cool that is pretty cool if you're looking for a summer getaway and you don't want to be in the heat think of alaska there's a lot of uh blueberries and stuff up in the town in maine that my uh grandparents grew up in or, or they they lived in so i i always 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 will and always 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 uh have loved 
um, just berry picking and blueberries and raspberries and stuff like that. I remember picking them with my grandpa and stuff on the farm. Actually, a totally different topic. I was watching a um, documentary on the U.S. Civil War, and I remember there was this recipe, and I've, I've got one, but I've never tried it. We don't get it here, obviously. It's something called apple butter, and um, you're going, butter, apple, but no, it's, it's just an apple spread, and the, but they've called it apple butter, but I've got a few recipes. It is something I've got to try. I'm going to get some autumn apples next farmer's market. I'm going to press them down and try this. Have either of you gentlemen ever had apple butter? Yes, it's very good. I also have, and yeah, I would, I would agree. It's, it's one of the best things. It's, it's like, it's like apple pie spread. Oh, on toast or just white bread to get as unhealthy as humanly possible. Oh yeah. All right, I've got a job for this next coming couple of weeks. Now, do we have a special question for Mister Felix, Captain Green? So. I've got a question for you, Mr. Felix. I totally came up with on my own, and we did not need to have like a five-minute pep talk because this is something I was supposed to do. Are you ready for your question? I'm totally prepared. All right. So World of Warships has this duck mode. What, what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? What, what do you think about that? Because I've actually heard a lot of different things there's a lot of people who've been like this is awesome this is different this is neat and then i've also heard people be like this is the worst thing to ever come to the game i hate it so i want to know where you land on that spectrum yeah i'm gonna go with most more of the former um just because i i think it's i think it's really fun it's 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 for a random new game mode which i think that they actually had it a few years back uh, uh, it was it was Battle of the Bathtub. This is the hot tub. They're different. They are different. I just I want to stress that because uh, the first time it, it, slightly different mechanics they were testing, but the battle modes themselves were different enough that they shouldn't be called the same. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't I didn't play when that was uh, around. So all I know is that bouncing around in that hot tub as a rubber duck was extremely fun. And I thought that there was just enough. Uh, interesting and unique game mechanics in there like the mines and did i mention bouncing it's just great and then when you press your horn to honk and it's a duck quack i mean that just sealed the deal for me it was super great how'd you find the mine mechanics well they I, I know we've discussed this and i believe they're going to be dropped from cv planes because the way they splash into the water but have you found that they spread far, far enough or that as a player you can avoid them because they're fairly obvious. How do you think they would be brought into a game? If, if someone can see them, they'll just sail around them or just stop? Yeah, I think that that's a, a really, really hard question because uh, so far, at least in the duck mode, um, the, the quarters were... or It was a lot of close quarters combat, so you could see when the ducks are spraying out the mines. Yep. And um, once you were close enough, you could see them. But there were a lot of people I talked to that said that they had issues with seeing the mines. I don't know if it was with their graphic settings or something else. They, but... they, could, have, they could have been in the ultimate, I'm zoomed in, just shooting my guns every, and not looking around them after every salvo. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I ended up seeing them, but it was e- it was sometimes easy to mistake the mines with the little buoys that were floating around to show you know the capture points. You could crash into uh, your own mines that you deploy. If if I'm is that correct, or is that only the enemy ones? Um, you know, I actually don't recall exactly. I I really only played uh, a few of the matches, but. That does bring me to something. I, I think that it's it w- that would be one of those things that's hard to balance because either it's they're kind of useless because they don't do very much damage or they're easily spotted, yep. or they're way too strong. Because in the duck mode, that your armament, which is you know the little bubbles, were pretty inconsistent, and there were so many ways to avoid shots with you know giga speed boosts. So they Into made the, the mines do yeah. like an inordinately large amount of damage. I, I actually think even if they, the mines themselves do low damage, it's still going to hurt light cruisers, DDs that don't get, um, say, they don't get heals or they don't get any protection, say, from torpedo if there'll be any mine um, protection. But if they give, if they've got a high chance of doing floods, that's really going to hurt some ships. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I think that. Uh, honestly, it is an interesting thought if they brought them in and had them uh, being launched off of planes. Uh, they could provide some interesting area denial ideas. But uh, oh, imagine time, dumping on a DD and smoke if he's in one or two puffs. He'd be he'd be wrecked. Oh yeah. See, the thing is, at least in my opinion, uh, a lot of carriers already provide an area control. Uh, role that no other ship can provide as well as carriers already do it yeah and so i'm not really sure if they need that additional tool but that's really just my personal opinion that's fair enough but at least uh, look I've, from what i've seen a lot of the players have enjoyed the game mode it is going to leave this coming week we do have a patch week this coming week we are going to go on to the next patch so duck mode is going to end so keep playing until it ends and um give we g your feedback good or bad if you, don't, if you don't give them feedback, they're just going to assume that you're happy with it. There's um, one thing about this event that you guys aren't talking about, and it's really alarming. Um, uh, and it is the really cool animated captain profile picture things. No. Those yes. Are, no. I really like no. those. What do you mean, nah? Nah. We, n- nah, nah, nah. Nah. No, why? It's cool. We can get that in the future. Look at that. I completely Don agree Quack. with Craig. Don DeLaCrank, look at him sitting there with his, with his, with his. Okay, it's a creepy hat, but he's got like a vampire cloak and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, no, not Zoro. I will, admit the, I will admit the battleship duck looking around is a little terrifying. Bruce, Will- the is, Bruce Willis one. Not, yeah. The Bruce Willis one doesn't uh, do it for me because he's actually got hair. That's sorry, fair. The, sorry, the John McClane. I'm going to be perfectly honest. This animated commander test, basically, this was their. They're just going to test the waters, per se, pardon the pun, to see how the player reaction is to it. Next Azura Lane <laughs> event <laughs> is going to have animated commanders, and I will eat my hat if they don't. Look, the, the animations themselves, I, I will admit, it is something I haven't really looked too much in, but they, they are pretty, pretty cool because I'm looking at them now. But uh, I, I, if you get, maybe it would be something great for Azure Lane, Transformers, or any other collaboration that Wargaming does. But if you're having a normal captain, well, like thumbs up, salute, you know, 
shrugged the shoulders. Maybe if they did the animation win or loss after a game, that would be something different. Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's going to like do a triple backflip or oh, like, somebody with a chair. This he isn't should. WWE. Now, but like now, we we, should, we going on to April first, Jake. Imagine having those captains display in game when you're in the game and you get a fire and they do something as a reaction. That would make oh me laugh. God. That would make me laugh. They um, ugh, I, don't, I don't know. I think that it would be cool if they also added this for a lot of the other event commanders, like the Warhammer ones. Yeah, I think that if you went through and added a lot of the animations and stuff for that, like the Templar with like candles. The candles are flickering, or and and something like that. I think that that could be very, very neat. Neato spaghetto. I um, I don't disagree. I I do agree. It'll be neat, yeah. and it gives you a little bit more. It gives them for more the, stuff for the port. For the standard captains, I could definitely see how you know having them rotate through three different animations could be a little repetitive, but I I still think that it would be unique. Oh, it, maybe they could do some sort of flavor you know the british captains will sip some tea i'll just go out here in a blanket the statement the u.s captain will have a jug of whiskey and i I'm thought you were gonna true. say a gun <laughs> oh come on i'm not like that i was i was thinking pancakes <laughs> oh ice cream ice cream the, the, yes. the tin cans always barter for ice cream from the captain oh yeah that's true that'd be good all the destroyer captains just have their jug of ice cream and all the aircraft captains are sad because they lost their ice cream. Like, we're talking captains, and we've gone off topic here, but um, something I've always long wondered is you got aircraft carriers, you got a captain for the boat. Why don't we actually have, like, a squadron commander for the planes? Because um, that way you could get, like, famous pilots. You get Dick Best from um, the United States, who was on the Enterprise, who um, did Battle of Midway. And hit two of the Japanese carriers, but imagine then being able to. But that would probably make carriers too strong, where the ship gets a buff and the, they get another buff for the plane type. Yeah, thing. if they remove, if they remove, they'd, they'd have to find a middle ground between the existing carrier captain skills uh, yeah, and normal. Maybe, maybe they, they could, maybe they could put him in, but he could only play on USCVs type thing. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking individual captains for individual squadrons could also be cool. But yeah, you also have to, you know, then you'd have to come up with a whole skill set and skill tree for just, you know, yes. attack planes and torpedo planes and dive bombers and, and, and all that stuff. And I think that that would, you, it, there's many, you, you could have it where, where you know, you're, you go down many different pathways when it comes to setting up your fighter squadrons or your attack squadrons, and I think that that would be very cool. But I also think that it would kind of end up like the normal captain system that we have now, where there's a certain build you just run. You yeah. Know, like the, survival DB. The, 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 re, like the rework gave variety, but after about three months, that variety was all back to the same because it was, yeah. for randoms or certain things, you, you wouldn't change your builds too often yeah which is which is where i'm you know where i'm kind of at and i think that it would be that's where that's what i think we'd run into if we did um yep. any semblance of like individual squadron captains i think that it would still be cool but maybe you know. maybe just not at the moment but let's move on. Some big dev news items this week and some things we're going to talk about. But I've put up one here. Um, super containers. Did either of you gentlemen 
see this dev blog that came out this week? I sure no. did. Okay, so I, I can't read. You should you should click the link, Greeny. It's it's. I think this is a super contentious change potentially for the community. So the main thing is super container drop mechanism is going to be changing. So they're saying now that the zero to one hundred progress bar in which you get a super container drop is randomly placed is filled at a faster rate. So you're going to get twice the chance of getting a super container. So they, they give they lead with that saying, look, you get super containers twice as quickly. Um, but the drop rates of everything have changed. So we used to get in the current super containers, you used to get up to you could get five thousand doubloons point five percent of the time, which is really rare. Thousand dubs ten percent, you could get like fifteen hundred steel, fifteen thousand coal, lots of combat flags, free XP, lots of fifty thousand free XP, etc. etc. And some blue um, economic bonus ones which are the tier three economic bonus and some green ones which are the tier two. And seven days premium and thirty days premium if you're really unluckers. Um, but the new one is moving to half the coal so they're probably saying look you're going to get super containers twice as often so coal is now 7500 steel is still at 1500 but the drop rate is less from two to one percent research points are there that's new doubloons is still there at a thousand not 5k but that's at four percent so it's hard from the ten percent it's over half you still get 25 free, 25 000 free xps halved um, 75,000 elite commander XP and the, the ships have halved as well so it's gone down to 1% but I think the biggest contention is is not um, they've added the grey economic bonuses which is the tier ones which are the most useless ones and that's going to have a massive drop rate um, even though it says 5% I tell you what I, I that's all I ever get I generally only ever get the green ones currently and they're not meant to have a huge drop rate so I don't know how their drop rates work compared to it and um, the number of containers you've got to open to get a guaranteed ship has gone from 165 to 200 so gentlemen what do you think of the super container changes well, I'm I'm surprised to learn that there's anything other than green boosters in super containers because that's all I ever seem to get. <laughs> so this this is really nice and informative. Well, you meant they only meant to drop at two percent of the time, so you're meant to get nearly steel as often as those green economic white. Sorry, the free XP economic bonus boosters is currently two percent, six point five for the other green ones. Yeah, two, I, I just. Uh, um... Twice as many super containers, half the rewards. Uh... So I'm not a math major, but I'm fairly certain that if you have the probability but double the drop rate, that does not equal roughly the same amount of drops. Correct. Correct. Um, and that's, yeah, that's not how probability works. Like the green ones that you currently get are 6.5%, so they, uh, they're dropping to 4%. The, the blue ones... Um, are the rare they're dropping to 1.65 from two the green ones or sorry the gray ones are five percent um so they're going to be one of the most common things dropped other than the seven days premium so basically they've halved all the drop rates they've added in the gray ones and um, doubled your chances of getting super containers but as felix said mathematically 
getting two containers doesn't mean you're gonna it's gonna give you more chances yeah it's not gonna equal out it's diluting it it's still diluting it because steel's gone from two to one percent they've removed some nice goodies um I think the biggest issue is uh, is the tier one economic bonuses, the grey ones. No one cares for them. You, you get so much in your battle pass for just doing stuff. I don't even equip, equip them. They're just useless. Um, sell them for credits. Yes, that's basically a credit drop. And I will say, I mean, this isn't directly related, but they did the very uh, a very similar thing to Christmas crates this last year. Um, they added a bunch of, I'll call it fluff. Yeah, they did add uh, fluff, and it was very unpopular. Yes, so, and I actually thought it was a joke, or not like well, a joke. Well, no, they, add, they, added, they added camo and credits where previously there never was any. So, I mean, they, they did have camos last year. However, comma, those were camos that had unique bonuses attached Correct. to them. Correct. Now these and are just flat. And they separated them. They did, and then to say that I've spent five dollars or six dollars on a mega santa crate i get 50 of these new year camos that's not worth seven dollars because it's just not worth anything right it's it's basically a credit drop and then they had credit drops in the christmas crates they did. so anyway on on that note yeah i think that the gray credit boost or the gray boosters are basically an instant sell whether you're a new player or an experienced player uh those are basically just credits um it, I, I, I think that wargaming is trying to slowly shift uh, the economy. Over ever since, really, even prior to the economic rework, they're they're looking at their their data of players' uh, resources and saying players that are veterans have far too many credits, far too much free XP, etc. And we want to help drain that. So they introduced super ships. They've introduced the auction house. They've neutered drop rates on Christmas crates, and now they're dropping. Uh, the incidence of getting valuable drops out of super containers. But, but that doesn't hurt veterans. That only hurts new players who are trying to get somewhere in the game. Veterans have all these things because of the mechanics up to this point. Yeah, that's somebody that's somebody who has 500 million credits isn't really going to care when they have to buy a super ship whenever they come out, or, you know, two whenever they come out in their, in their two, in their pairs. Yeah, like, it, it's not going to be a big speed bump, but somebody who, you know, doesn't have a lot of credits, you know, like me, there we go. That's, I have to save up. I have to pick and choose which one I'm going to buy. So, yeah, maybe I should have rephrased. I, th I, I think we're on the same page. I think that they are trying to rebalance the economy so that players that are starting up in the game don't end up in the same place that a lot of veteran players are at. That's true. Is this a direct nerf or direct response to, say, the anniversary events, where at Christmas you got um, the tokens to redeem for Santa crates, and at the Wargaming birthday anniversary, every tier 10 gave a super container? Because oh, I probably have... I've got it, literally every tier 10 in the game, maybe, bar the British submarine. That, that's a lot of super containers, and... I've got the impression that um, it's because we have so many ships that they have to nerf it because after a while we'll get the 2% steel, we'll get the 5,000 dubs, so the, the odds are in our favour because we've got so many of these assets, but it, to limit us economically, we're, we're hurting players that probably need it the most. 
I think that's likely. Uh, I mean, there are lots of ways, like you said, to get super containers now, especially if you are playing pretty frequently. You get one at least a month by the end of the month. You have the anniversary event, which, yeah, if you've got, you know, 60-something tier 10s, that's 60 super containers. And yes. even, with the, even with the previous drop rates, um, I have never pulled a ship out of a super container in... Uh, Wow, it's I, been four or five years? I think I have on my ult, it was Dunkirk. Um, it, was, it wasn't very common to do that. I've got it's the, always nice to see people pull them, but yeah, I don't think I've ever pulled one myself. Um, they said that they were going to reduce, uh, so they currently cost community tokens in the armory and they're going to halve the cost. They haven't mentioned the cost in resources for clan bases because currently as a clan commander you can gift everyone in your clan a super container um every so often for oil if i correct greeny i'm not really in charge of a base big enough it to is do oil, that. Yep. Uh, but they haven't mentioned halving that cost so i'd assume that should be half now as well if everything else is being halved because they're going to be more frequent i can't see why the oil ones would not be halved it should be oh uh Apart from the gray bonuses, I'm also personally a little upset, and ev this is even as someone that you know doesn't really have to care so much about buying combat flags. But combat flags are remaining at their current uh, drop rate, rate yeah, two point five. But, they, but they halved how many? They have what? They have halved the number of uh, signals that will be dropped. It's fifty signals. Yeah, fifty signals instead of a hundred. Yeah, so. <sighs> I, I don't know why they've halved the amount because the drop rate's the same. Why, why drop the amount of... I, I like getting combat flags. I spend a lot of resources, credits to get new combat flags. Um, I do too. I've actually started limiting, especially on my alt, for randoms I only put on debt and maybe one or two others. It's only clan battles or ranked will I take proper combat flags. Um, so that they've halved it is... I don't know. It's it's not great. Yeah, it isn't great overall. I don't really, I really don't like the change, but but, but, but like they've they've halved them all. Like we used to get twenty five blue, which are the tier three ones, and fifty green, which are the tier two. So they've halved the tier two of the green. You get twenty five, and the blue they haven't halved. They've kept them at fifteen. But they the, the drop rate's worse at one point six five percent where previously it was two and the green was now four and it used to be six point five, so it's really gearing that you're going to get a lot of these grey combat economic flags or seven days premium still. Um, Elite Commander XP is pretty. Uh, I don't like what they did to it. I, I think it's pretty useless other than respecting a captain nowadays. Um, so. Super containers are going to be pretty unsuper. They're just going to be containers. Maybe you can get coal, seven and a half thousand coal, but like ten thousand coal. Like, what? What does it cost them to get seven and a half thousand coal? If you're a new player and you're trying to save up three hundred thousand for a new Strashimi or black, seven point five thousand. You're not going to game your way to getting all the coal for a super container. And yeah, not mm. even close, because that's that's less than a week of getting all three more coal containers uh, at the lowest output of four hundred each crate. Yeah, like you're playing the game, you get more rewards. I I, I don't like this change. Um, 
I, I personally think it, it does hurt new newer players the most of players are free to play again um, I, I don't know why they're making the changes other than that we're going to get twice as many that's what I mean it, it comes off as an article where it comes off you get now twice as many super containers quickly as possible but when you look at the actual what's changed in them there are some pretty big changes so my opinion if they got rid of the gray gray economic ones the 50 of each because that's five percent for each type so that's 20 percent 20 percent of your super container is going to be those tier one gray economic ones if they got rid of that and put that across the board for the rest would you be happy with that or do you think they would put credits or something else that's fluff I think it would be okay, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that they, they fully intentionally put that much fluff, quote-unquote, into the containers. I think that they would replace it, yeah, probably with credits, something like, you know, 1.5 million credits or something. Yep. I don't know. Greeny, uh, and um, Felix, is there any other than that, do you think there's any way that they could change or tweak these drop rates for the new ones to make them acceptable? Like, for me, it's get rid of the grey ones, but is there anything else... In there you'd like to change to make these better for everyone overall personally for me yeah it'd be get rid of the the gray ones get rid of the the the, the fluff just just due to the fact that you're you're cutting down the chances and yes as we've just as we've discussed you know there there's more chance to get a super containers or to get a super container, but, you know, cutting down the rewards to this level really aren't making them super containers. But we, we're, we're not the ones that added those ways of getting it. We didn't add it to the port. We didn't add it to the armory. We didn't add it to the um, Wargaming Anniversary stuff. The, these things have been provided, and the, that's what they give per year. If they removed it from the Wargaming Anniversary once per year, there would be a hoo-ha of, where's my super container type yeah. things. So, like, it, that they've introduced them, and now they're so easy to get, as you said, because of the monthly login. And everything else they used to be once in a blue moon but now now they're pretty common so but we're, we're not the ones that have made them so common so we shouldn't be punished because of that i've i rarely get them to begin with so i'm gonna enjoy this times too and just <laughs> deal with the uh play the game more captain green i played the game a lot even when i played the game a lot i'd get i wouldn't get them all that much there I don't know. Yeah. Alrighty. Now we did have a, a bit of an announcement. Um, new boats. We're getting a new tech tree line. It's not going under the pan-European umbrella. Um, this one surprised me because I thought there were other nations that as well that could uh, be further ahead. But we're getting Spanish cruisers. Enough. This is coming from Devblog at four three seven. Um, Greeny's got some notes here. The T one to six are historical boats. The T seven to ten are ones may have been designed. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you've um, had a research the on that. If they were actually in reality designed, or if they just complete fantasy. The seven and 
the eight are um, proposed variations of Italian heavy cruisers. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of quote-unquote collaboration between the two nations after um, the, the Civil Spanish War. Civil War. Yeah, because, um, because you it, know, Italy, Italy Civil Wars tend to gut your economy and your military. No it's never way. a good thing. We, we, we have an I ongoing know. one with the emus, and we're pretty good. I know. Well, no, you flipped over your truck and you lost the machine gun. So, no. See, even you're hemorrhaging materials at a, at a rapid rate. <laughs> but the, the 7 and the 8 are uh, Italian heavy cruiser designs. The 9 is some not Italian Drake abomination. And in Tier 10, we return to Italy. Uh, and it is a Napoli. Well, I, don't get me wrong, the I like the names of the boats. Um, they gave their oh, reasons. Yeah, no, I do um, the boats in themselves in the early stages look awesome. Um, I didn't check. I know the T-10 gets the... Burst fire. Burst fire, but it's it's kind of different. It, I don't know, Felix, if you've read it. In the dev blog, it says the burst fire, the AP will do 20% less penetration. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I have read it. Um, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. That's even for the tier 8 burst interval AP shells. Oh, tier 8 does 15% less damage. So damage I want to... Um, and and, says, unless I'm reading that incorrectly, it should actually be a 20% bonus. That should be a dash, not a minus. It says AP shells damage bonus 15. It says, I thought it was minus. And then AP shells penetration capacity... Bonus minus one hundred. <laughs> so it looks like it's a nerf, and I'm thinking, is that because it's burst fire? So you're saying we're misreading this, which is pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I think it should be a twenty percent. I think it should be a twenty percent. Yeah, they they're very inconsistent on when they use like a long dash versus a short dash. But yeah, I believe so the short the dash the short bonus. dash looks like a negative to me. That's it. Look, it does. Well, okay, it's not nerfed AP shell damage bonus. It's a buffed damage bonus to AP shells for your burst. I fire. think that I think that would have been really funny to see the people who bought this day one try to burst fire something, and then they just do no damage. Just yeah, exactly. Stare at their monitor. Just oh my goodness, twenty thousand doubloons for nerf guns. My shells have minus one hundred percent AP penetration. I don't penetrate anything. How did I bounce off this destroyer superstructure? The AP shell penetration capacity bonus of plus 100% for the T-10 is really interesting. Does that mean you're going to get more overpens on cruisers, potentially? If you don't know how much your shells will penetrate currently, is that going to be too powerful in certain situations, or will it be able so, enough to hit BBs? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to gut battleships. Yeah, it's going to be really, really devastating on battleships without a... Uh, Turtleback because so it's not change the velocity isn't changing on it at all the shell arming threshold is not changing at all all it's saying is that you're gonna have far more penetration I have to look at the actual uh, artillery chart for Napoli guns because I think they're roughly Napoli penetration yep yeah they are and Napoli's AP even though you know its guns are a little finicky they do have decent penetration so double that. Oh yeah. Even even ships with a turtle back are, are still gonna feel it because there, yeah, there's a lot of people that still 
have the notion that because I'm in a GK and I have a turtle back, I, I don't have to fear this Montana. Oh, you've got to fear because he can't he can't sit it out me. And yeah, it's still you're still able to stack massive amounts of pen damage onto ships with turtle backs. And I think it's just going to be the same thing here. Yeah. I think yeah, it's going to be oh, there's a Castilla ten kilometers away from me. Well, there goes thirty forty k. Like, yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this line. It it looks really interesting. I, the only I agree. Thing I'm not looking forward to is the uh, giant Spanish flag. I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, they started that with Canarias, but do they really need yes, to have the no, no, that, that, that is what they because did in there, reality. There was there was Spanish ships running around, and they didn't want to get shot at. Because they, they really again, Spain was just recovering from a civil, civil war. So they're like, "Hey guys, we are Spanish. We're not doing anything. Look at our big flag. We're Spanish. Please don't shoot us." <laughs> I, I, we're I Spanish. like the two hundred three millimeter guns on the seven and the eight decent reload. Now, just so you're aware, they fire HE and AP shells, so that's something a little bit more traditional. There is no SAP secondaries because I know it's described the tier tens being Napoli esque, but there is no SAP. Yeah, secondaries. no, there's no no SAP secondaries. That's true. I included that in my little doc. She does I got carried away. Secondary so German one hundred and twenty eights, if I remember correctly. Yeah, German or one hundred twenty eight millimeter secondaries, eight by two, so it's sixteen turrets at stock range of seven point three. So they will still do enough damage if things, but I wouldn't um, do a full secondary build. She actually has workable AA up to six kilometers, um, six um, explosion puffs for max range, but then everything else below that's pretty, pretty anemic. So I, I was gonna say it's gonna be covered in those anemic uh, Italian thirty sevens. Those 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 one twenty eights are gonna be incredible for just throwing up walls of flak. Yep. But yeah, no. Once you get through and you run into those thirty sevens, it's just not gonna be. So we do we do get a DCP as every boat gets a DCP. Has there ever been a boat without a DCP? Um, we get a repair party. It doesn't say an improved or a special one, so that's going to be your stock standard repair party. Slot three at the tier ten, you get the option of hydro or def AA, and then slot four, fighter or spotter aircraft. And my God, waste spotter aircraft is why is that even listed? So you can see what those consumables are like she doesn't get smoke like a napoli as well so you do have to be aware of that it's not going to be something as memeish as that and i want i'm not sure what her armor profile is going to be like if um yeah we we don't know all it says right now is the four plating which is 25 millimeters so that this and to be to be entirely honest with you listener this is looking a lot like a napoli However, that does not mean it gets Napoli plating. Um, that's that's because there's already people being like, oh my god, they're just, it's another Napoli. And I was even guilty of it at the beginning of this segment, but it, it we well, only know the four and a half plating right now. It, it does look like a Napoli, but it, it could not be a Napoli hull. Because we all know the Napoli hull is essentially made out of asbestos and cinder blocks. Well, it's, it's got a lot less hit points. The Napoli gets 59,000 hit points. Uh, the Spanish T10 Castilla only gets 51,000 hit points. So it, it is kind of light on the hit point um, pull. Um, her torps only go 8 kilometers as well. That, that's a feature of the line. I was looking at the 9 and the 8. 62 knots, a uh, minute and a half, just under a minute and a half, or. Um, 106 seconds okay over a minute and a half to um her torp reload so stealthy torps at 1.3 detect but 
eight kilometers it's not like Napoli's where you can do third and a half fire and forget so she's going to she can't be a push in she doesn't get an escape clause she gets a standard repair party um, she does have HNAP how do you think gents this line will play like don't we're not going to look at tier 4 or tier 5 too much because those are probably too low but tier 6 onwards where you get the 203s because yeah, one, at the tier 5 they only have 152 so once we get to the heavy cruisers do you think um, oh god the tier 6 is covered in 16mm plating that's British um, do you think they're going to be very much more kiting out cruisers because you, you really I don't think be able to stick nose in too much against some of the high calibre shells as you go up the tiers yeah, so I, th I think personally, I am really interested in the tier eight. Um, the I, I also really, really just like a lot of the cruisers with 203s in this game. And yeah. um, I don't know, I don't really see how it can go wrong. But uh, Decent reload like, time for 203s at 11 seconds at, at, at uh, tier eight. We, we should mention that the tier nine and tier 10 are 234 millimeters, so they move up heavier caliber guns. Yeah, and even the Castilla. You'll note that the uh, reload time is 13 seconds base, whereas on Napoli, it's 17 seconds. So if they behave even slightly better in the artillery department uh, as far as dispersion and Sigma, uh, those are going to be pretty pretty decent guns. Oh, no, I can tell you now, the dispersion's 151 me meters, and that is at her max range. 17.1 uh, so sigma is 2.05 so super accurate guns for a cruiser and that is a feature of the nines and oh the, yeah oh and um, even the tier eight is a sigma too so super accurate guns it's all going to be about your um what um type of shell you have loaded and that funny button because if you get something broadside and you, and you hit f with ap you're going to absolutely wreck things yeah, so that actually makes me lean towards hopefully the plating isn't as aggressive as on Napoli. It looks like this this cruiser is meant to be a little bit uh, easier to kill in re in return for having more powerful guns, and I think that that's a, a fair balance uh, trade off. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this line. On, on paper, it actually looks pretty pretty good, and they look like um, they're going to be fun to play. <laughs> It includes a lot of ship designs that I was really looking forward to in the game. Uh, from Tier 1 with the Jupiter all, all the way up to Tier 6. These are all ships that uh, I've known and I've, I've wanted represented in the game. So this is going to be awesome. Then after that, we get two kind of big Zaras. Uh, I don't know. It's it the, the Tier... Eight looks like an Amalfi with uh, triples, triple two hundred threes. Triple two hundred threes. Um, I, I like two hundred threes in this game. Oh yeah, no A eights are good, and the uh, um, seven looks looks fun as well. I I'm really interested in the Andalusia or whatever the the tier nine is going to be. I think that I think that we're going to get some variations up the line. I think that. We're not going to have a lot of variation in plating, even though we're getting a lot of other different natural or national ships into this line. Um, you know, the, the four, the three are both uh, British kind of designs. So are, yeah. you might get some Emerald-esque armor schemes and, and some Emerald-esque play styles. Same thing with the five. The six, if, if you know 
the the tier five Spanish cruiser that we already have. It's it's a brick shit house when it comes to HP. Oops, sorry, earmuffs. <laughs> hey, but maybe the tier one could be the new super clubber at tier one if that's your maybe. thing. Maybe four by one, one twenty millimeters um, with reloads of four point five seconds. And then I think with seven and eight, we're gonna end up in a little bit more the the beefy uh, armored Italian cruisers. We're going to drop down, we'll drop down, and then I think we're going to get a little bit of a Drake without the super heal, which is going to be weird how I think, you know, they're going to offset that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, and then we're going to end with a... Pardon? Sorry, I was just going to say, the Catalunya, the tier 8, yeah. has a huge snoz. You look yep. at all that unused no yeah. space. No, yep. no... It's, it's Italy. <laughs> Well, we just, we just, yeah, it's it's a very long nose, but that could be the angle of the camera that they used in game. And just That's so, true. just so you're aware, the F button, the funny button, is going to be starting at tier seven, which which is pretty good. They're not limiting it, limiting it only to tier eight, nine, and ten. So, tier seven's yeah, going to get access like to that. that. I mean, I I think that you know, with with it being tier seven, we're still going to get Pensacolas that are going to get their like, that that are going to get ran up on. And I don't think they're going to enjoy it. But I, I think that it's good to introduce mechanics at an earlier level. And I, um, and I think that Tier 7 is awesome because with a lot of these quote-unquote results, uh, uh, not results, quote-unquote releases that uh, everybody who listened last week knows I love oh so much because I definitely always talk about them in a positive light um a lot of people who progress through those events free end up at the tier seven so i think that it's going to be good to get the tier seven with all of the gimmicks all the hallmarks of the line so then as you work your way up eight nine ten you can work your way up and and build off of the skills you've gathered i think that that's going to be awesome for the line yep and the last thing i'll mention um before we look at the next ship is from t7 and 8 they're going to be 35 to 37 knots alternating look like between the tiers so they've got a bit of speed they're not so they've got it if they get into trouble they should be able to sail out of it um they've got a bit of speed on them though looking forward to this line so we'll see when they hit test absolutely we've got two other ships we've got two other we ships which ones were those greeny the shill Oh, which is shield. a tier eight graph oh, spay. What, what, what a name! What a name! <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Well, you want to play the shill? I don't think that where gaming's being very subtle here. <laughs> yeah, this just this just looks like a, a large German two eighty three gun arm. It, it was. It, it is a real design. It, it is a paper design. It was never. Um, oh no, it was. Um, the contracts were signed with the shipyard, according to the blurb. But they never actually built them. It's the Graf Spee without a heel, so it's uh, it's dead on release in my eyes. T rate though, it's got nearly more hit point wise is fifty six thousand eight hundred. Um, oh yeah, I'd like a heel. I like cruisers with heels, and she's a heavy cruiser. She has a thirty second fire duration, which is the first nice thing. Twenty seven millimeter of plating at T rate's actually not bad at all. So maybe that's why she doesn't get a heal, because she could potentially just sit there and... Uh, imagine being a tier 6, not being able to overmatch 27mm. And this is sitting in front of you, nose in. But her gun layout is only one turret at the front and one at the back. 2x3, 283, yep. Uh, reload time 16.5 isn't too bad. What's the secondaries like? 
Um, it looks like we've got our standard complement of uh, one twenty eights in those in those Nuremberg. Uh, no, that's one fifty. Yeah, one fifty Nurnbergs. One hundred fives is the oh, smaller caliber. Seven point six kilometer. So you can do a secondary build um, with those uh, modules. She has the standard six kilometer German torpedoes with the five hundred thirty three millimeter torps. So two racks of four. Um, damage is pretty good at thirteen thousand seven hundred. Reload time of ninety seconds. So she does get the hydroacoustic as slot two. Um, Oh, it's not the ship detection. Six kilometers. She gets the proper German Hydra tier eight. My God. Now this is a dev blog, so this is subject to change. Yeah. So it goes for two minutes duration. Reload two minutes. Charges three. She gets defensive AA and a fighter. So very much as you said, Greeny. It's a tier eight Graf Bay. One turret to the front, one to the rear. I like I like that mean. In the, I'm looking at the picture here. If you've looked at the dev blog four three seven, it's got a nice Nuremberg turret just behind the two eighty three millimeter turret. It looks pretty cool. Mm. Now we do have two more here. I, I completely forgot. We have the Van Spiegs. Van. Spike. Van Spike. Let's God, just go with I, that. I feel like that's a slur. That's just oh, I don't like that pronunciation. I don't like that word. But it looks it's a Dutch tier nine premium. Cruiser. Dutch tier nine cruiser. So Do you want to know what's a little scary? What? It looks like the line tier eight. Mm. No, there's no stats on it though. Yeah, there's no stats. That's why I'm not passing judgment. But so the cruiser it looks cut like... is stated to have nine two hundred three millimeter battery guns with good damage per minute and a airstrike HE bombs. I like how they've actually distinguished airstrike HE bombs. Does that mean we're going to get an airstrike with AP bombs one day, gentlemen? Oh no, dude! Imagine oh an on command Malta. That that'd be incredible. <laughs> Oh, look, I have a Smolenskin smoke. Where's my AP bomb strike coming from? Oh. Look, I don't, I don't like want to that. think about it too much. <laughs> no, look, th this is very early in dev blog, so we won't, until we get more stats. Um, she currently, he's planned to have Hydro, Def AA, and Repair, repair Party, No Heal. And then we have the Pan Asia Destroyer, Lu Shan. Now, the icon's slightly different to a premium, if you're looking at the picture. So I'm assuming this is going to be some sort of reward ship. I'm, I don't know. It's just in dev blog. I'm not saying. Yeah, reward or coal. Yeah, it's going to be coal, research bureau, or steel. Um, I don't believe FreeXP is ever coming back. Personally, that's my opinion because um, they're removing everything, and that's a public announcement. Don't forget, if you haven't got any of the remaining FreeXP ships, you've got one more month to do it, one more patch. So... Um, so looking at this boat reminds me straight off the bat like a new Strashimi. Yes, yeah. I believe it's the same design that uh, Project 41, as it says in the dev blog. And I actually remember reading somewhere that there there was actually a Project 41 destroyer that got transferred over to China in real life. Uh, yeah. So this is not a paper ship. That's good. I, I So having a real... Boats is always a good, um, she gets a TRB, good concealment. She starts off at 20,500 
um, hit points, 19 millimeters plating. Stock range of her 2x2 130s is 12.8. AP is pretty good on that, um, 2600 per shell. Reload time stock is 4 seconds. So she is a new Strashimi. Her AA is not great. It does well. Torpedoes. They 10 say, kilometers. They don't say deep water, though. They don't actually say... Yeah. So these are exactly the same torpedoes that Nushishimi has in every facet. Speed, range, reload time. I would assume that these would... Because Pan-Asia has deep waters, other than the original early days, Anshan that, and Luoyang that had standard. It'd be interesting if they didn't give them deep waters and they made them standard. Yeah, I think if they're, they're standard torpedoes, her current uh, gun stats are really quite poor. Uh, I think that they they're they're probably going to be buffing the reload on these torps even with the TRB. The Nushishimi torps are pretty decent, but part of the reason why Nushishimi torps are so good is because you can get so close. But they I got such a they got such a long reload time, so having a TRB is actually quite handy. True, yeah, but I I think that uh, I haven't done the math, but I think I think that this is quite a bit worse concealed than Nushishimi because Nushishimi is 5.6 at tier 9. Where's, Holy the, where's the conceal up there with 7.2 stock 5, it'll probably about 5.8, 5, 5.7 um, something that you're aware she does get a smoke generator she does get, it looks like a similar-esque British smoke where the smoke goes for 30 seconds it lasts for 70 and then the reload is 100. Sorry, it's not British. It's normal Pan-Asia smoke. Um, five charges. She does get a Hydro, but doesn't say the range. She gets a TRB. So no new Strashimi zombie heal. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I just checked. So new Strashimi's base conceal is 6.9 kilometers. So it is uh, a little bit worse. It's, it's not terrible, but uh, it is worse than new Strashimi's. Yeah, so look, it'll be interesting to see how she comes out. Like, reward ships I'm pretty fussy with because we're earning in-game currency like coal or steel and I want something good because New Shishimi never sold because no one saw what her appeal was being a tier 9 that was okay at most things. And she, you can have great games in her, but she's not an amazing, unique boat that I ever go, I'm going to play New Shishimi Day today. Yeah. Well, a big part of Nushishimi's value is that she just lives. And yes. I, if you're a destroyer and you live to the end of the game, even if you're in a not-so-great destroyer, you're you're providing some battle impact just by being alive. Yep, yep. Now, we also have some changes this week. Devblog 439, um, some changes to Shock Horror, the hybrid American destroyer, the Halford. So... They've added smoke. Yes. Like They've added smoke. Green and I said this is a bad move, not having smoke, and not like just looking at the stats. And they're allowed to make that. It's early days, so it's not criticism of wargaming or anything. It's it's just looking at the base stats as a hybrid DD. It, it wasn't a great idea to have it no smoke. So it gets a smoke consumable, similar to other tier nine American destroyers, so Fletcher or Benham. But now it's getting a second squadron now. This is contentious. I've had a few people actually message me saying they're actually getting tired of playing World of Warplanes in World of Warships. 
I don't know where that could be coming from. I think that's, you know, crazy without, you know, I, I need to drop the joke. Um, yeah, so yes. I, I definitely see it. So when you're in the hybrid ship now and you launch a plane, you get one squadron. When you do the Halford, you're going to take off with two squadrons. Um, and it's a four-minute cooldown between squadrons, but the, the countdown starts as any hybrid the minute you launch your planes. It's, it's interesting. The main feature of the ship is not spotting, it's not torps, it's not its guns, is being able to launch a squadron of attack, attack aircraft, which makes me cringe because the, it the goes everything against... If, if I get two Halfords in a division and they're up against a Benham and a Fletcher... Imagine those guys just farming everything, pushing into them, and your Halfords are there trying to snipe a BB on its own. I, yeah, I can't. Um, I can't. You go I'm ahead. Sorry. No, I was. I was just gonna say the thing that's gonna make or break it for me is the squadrons themselves. Are we gonna be getting Bearcats with HVARs? Mm. Uh, newsflash: Can't put that on a destroyer. So if you want to, you know, remain with a semblance of historical accuracy, you're going to have to put the, uh, maybe have it be Kingfishers or something. But then it, it, then you just have really, really slow float planes. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to make this. I don't know how this is a good idea on, on any level. I, like in the um, last paragraph, they say with these changes, Halford will be able to utilize the hybrid component of her gameplay more confidently, which is true with the smoke. However, as the ship is a destroyer and does not control aircraft for most of the battle, I would dispute that if you've seen some hybrid players in the BBs lately or other ones, we will monitor her condition and tune her if deemed necessary during testing so that she can also effectively perform standard tasks for her ship type so i think um, i like that, i like that they added that caveat i do too so a lot they're, of they're, they're obviously concerned that people won't play her as a dd yeah which i i knew they weren't going to you don't you didn't have to there was no doubt again like what you said look 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 at the the hybrid players we have currently it's either a Louisiana at the back of the map or Louisiana that's microing their squadrons and is 13 kilometers away from the whole team and gets focused out. I've had Delawares like, in ranked and I'm in silver. And um, sorry about that. Someone's gone to the bathroom. <laughs> the microphone would have picked that up. Um, I've had Delawares in Silver League and I'm on Okinawa east side. And my Delaware will go to A1 behind the island, say no in team chat going, I'm here to spot and hit targets every two minutes. It's a BB hull. It's not a CV. Yeah. Uh, so I just went back to the, the dev blog where the Halford was first announced, uh, mm -hmm. 426. Um, I don't know if they're going to change the planes based off of this uh, new mechanic for them, but on the initial announcement for Halford, it was listed as having its planes having two rockets in payload, 5,400 damage per rocket, and 68 mils of armor penetration, which those are tiny Tims. Yeah, yeah that's tiny Tims. Yep, those are tiny Tims. Uh, the aircraft do have a bit less health than a Bearcat. I think the Bearcats are like 1,900, and these have 1,660. 
But at the same time, uh, yeah, I'm personally not super looking forward to someone queuing up in the Halford and then sitting in J10 and pretending to be a carrier because you absolutely could do that with this change. Definitely. With the, with the intricacies uh, of playing a destroyer to its strong suits, I think that it's just counterintuitive to also throw a hybrid gimmick into it. Because unless you're sitting behind a rock or something, destroyer plays is a very active play style. You know, you're yes. you're you're trying to get close, you're trying to mitigate spotting on you, you're trying to spot for your allies, you're trying to get your torpedoes off, you're trying to Oh, you know, destroyer got spotted, you know, 200, 300 meters outside of my surface detect, got to turn away, you know. And, and you can't do all of that from a carrier or from, from like the, yeah, you can't do it from a, uh, I, I meant the, uh, the autopilot. You can't do that with the autopilot. Like, and, I, sorry, you go, sir. No, you're good. I started to cough. I was going to say, I can see at times where this becomes a meme in a way that um, I'm in my Halford, I'm cornered by another DD, I've smoked up and I can't see him, so I launch my planes, rocket him or something else, hit F as my planes are still over him, I can still get a couple salvos into him, so to speak, or when you're about to die, you launch your planes to do some more damage. So don't get me wrong, I can see that there are going to be times where this could be abused or if if he's near a cap and he's coming up against a shimmer or a ragnar and he doesn't want to be lit by coming out he sits behind an island he launches his planes and he lights up the dd like that for his team so it will have some utility but it's 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 going to need some brain power you don't want someone to go into a cap launch their planes as they sit in their smoke and die to torps as they were flying around Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that the average player is probably going to be playing, you know, five to ten kilometers off of the cap and either finding a rock to sit behind or they go somewhere out in the open and smoke themselves up and just launch planes. And then once they're done with that, they turn away from the cap. I don't I don't really see players playing this ship very aggressively. It's base uh, surface detect, at least as of right now, is 8.3 kilometers, which fully built that's that's quite bad like i think you can maybe get it down to six seven or six eight so that's that's quite poor air detect for a destroyer or not air detect excuse me surface detect surface detects are very high as you said stock it's 8.3 so if you took away oh, my math today um seven five six eight yeah six eight is way too high for a contesting dd at tier nine I mean, I, I will say, and I say that this, you know, take this with a grain of salt, it, there is a bright side that they are tiny Tims and there are only two rockets per payload, but that still is going to be uh, a menace to battleships and cruisers, which are pretty much the only thing that tiny Tims can annihilate with any consistency anymore. If they were HVARs, we'd be having a completely different discussion. And maybe that should be an option. If you get the boat, you should be able to select which ones you want as per a CV. Um... On the DD hull, where are they going to keep these tiny Tims? That is a really good question. In the, in I the, think... in the room where they keep all the torpedo reloads. 
Yeah, it's 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 that magical uh, video game pocket where you store all of your munitions. I, uh, like I know I know this line of hybrid DDs was a reality, but where are they going to get eight planes every four minutes? Okay, so actually they did answer this on the um, official. I have on the first yet. on the first dev blog. Yeah, they said due to the small size of the ship, the principle of launching a squadron will differ from other hybrids. Only one aircraft will be launched from the catapult, which will then be joined by the rest of the squadron, which is already in the air. The aircraft are armed with powerful tiny team rockets. Wow, I didn't even read that part with high damage and armor penetration. So, yeah, yeah but that's just that's just a a visual mechanic, so you don't have to watch them all launch off. Like, I, I can, yeah, four, four planes are stretching. Having two squadrons of eight planes. I know it's an arcade game, but uh, it'd be just like the DD will launch a one squadron, seven planes will join it from a land based thing, would have been a better description for me. Absolutely. But yeah, um, I, I, we're keeping a watch on a few vessels. So we've got Tashkent. Um, I, I, I see, we, I like Nottingham, but uh, it looks like that's got a bit of a nerf with her detection to 11.7. But th there is a few interesting boats coming out. Um, some questionable ones the halford for me is a bit of a crux because if this goes ahead which it obviously will but if it becomes popular enough and sells and is sort of effective the next step for me unfortunately be a hybrid submarine i it's, it's coming run from it credit it's going to arrive hey i'm waiting for the hybrid cv a cv that has normal planes as a cv but every so often it gets a consumable where you can fire your main battery guns i mean there's absolutely no way the, the, that the lexington with eight inch guns is it i think it was the lexington sorry sorry i'm thinking out loud Oh, that's okay. But yeah, no, I think that there is absolutely no way that Wargaming does not release the I-400. There is absolutely no way that they they avoid that. Uh, do you think that would be a doubloon ship or a... Um, it, it wouldn't be ever a tech tree ship. It would be... I could see it as a steel ship or like a limited release doubloon ship, yeah. Honestly, I think either of those would uh, probably be pretty popular with people, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it'd probably be for coal and doubloon in the doubloons in the first month, and then coal after that, like we did with Napoli and Malta. Yeah, for sure. Be interesting. And one other ship that came out this week or last week, Devblogger four three eight, another Soviet cruiser at tier eight. Who wants to try pronounce this one? Me. I can say Dimitri. What's the Oh, second? there's a Z. Where's the Z? <laughs> Pozarski. Dimitri. Pozarski. Pozarski. Dimitri Pozarski. Pozarski? So, um, hey, remember, remember when they said that they were never going to sell Kutuzov again because it was bad for the game? Mm-hmm. Mm, I remember that. All right, let's let's continue. Now, th th this cruiser is interesting because she's actually a very late time period. Near, nearly a modern cruiser laid down in um, 1952, launched or integrated into the fleet in 55. Baird Labs, um, yes. Yeah, she, in, she was 61 to and 67. So she she's nearly a modern day ship for tier right, like any ships that. Are post-war are generally tier ten. So, 
Kutuzov is tier 8, so like Kutuzov, this is at tier 8. Small hit point pool of 40,000, you could say that's standard, 25mm plating sheet. Like Kutuzov, she gets... Is Kutuzov 4x3 or 4x4? 4x4. No, it was... Four turrets of three. So four by three, one fifty twos. Firing range at eighteen k. Reloads of seven seconds. So this is like a Kutuzov all over. What's her AA like? Six puff clouds up to five point eight. She gets either DCP, a hydro search, or def AA, and the short burst smoke generator. So quick bursts because Kutuzov is great if you can farm but if your radar will push it's a long cooldown so is this another better Kutuzov in some instances so 15 second duration of putting down your smoke it lasts for 40 seconds so from when you start to when you if you're in the last cloud if you're kiting out that's 55 seconds 600 meter radius that's I haven't seen that for a while and reload time of 10 seconds five charges Gentlemen, are we ready for another smoking Soviet cruiser? Do we really need? Do we really, really need it? Because if this gets top tier and there's no radar at tier eight and you're up against tier six, this thing is going to seal club players into the ground. Yeah, I. I think... Oops, sorry. Oh, okay. So, okay, I'll I'll just say really quickly. I think. Um, yeah. Uh... Personally, I think that the the short range or the sh short burst smokes are actually, you know, as we know, a lot more versatile than yes. normal smokes. Um, at the same time, not having HE, I mean, that's one of the reasons, at least in my opinion, why oh, it's also impressive. That. I did. Um, it, yeah, it, it only has it's only AP, AP with improved ricochet angles and flat ballistics. Which I I take that back. Sigma two point zero. She won't be another. She won't be another. Um, Kutuzov, because if people know how to angle, and a lot of people do after playing the new Pan America cruiser line in DDs and cruisers, this one won't be yeah. too much of a threat. Apologies. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think that the flat ballistics is really vague because Kutuzov has very floaty shells. So I'll be interested to see how they make these guns behave. This is a dev blog, and if, if they're not getting great results at range, because what's a smoke fire penalty? Seven point seven. Mm -hmm. So similar, similar to Kutuzov. So you can't really use it in close where your shells get too flat. Um, it's going to be an interesting boat, and I'm sure she's got a citadel. When you show broadside, that just gets clapped. Short range torps. Kutuzov, I think, is AK, and this one's only got four. Um, uh, I would say it's really not for me. I don't need an AP H AP smoke. Cruise. I'll play Edinburgh if I want to do that. Yeah, that that's kind of my thing. Um, that I'm I'm. That's what I'm thinking right now. You know, it, it, what does it offer over other tier eight cruisers that I already play? And if I want to play an oppressive gun oriented cruiser at this tier, I will just play Kudazov or, or some of the other ones. But I still think that this ship is going to make waves with its. Uh, introduction no pun intended it could especially especially <coughs> excuse me had to cough especially if we get a tier 8 clan battle season or something like that um but again the lack yeah. of he it, it, it's it's going to suffer once people work out what it can't do 
No, I, I, I agree. I agree, but I, I still think that it's it's going to have enough of a, a tool set to be able to survive and, and thrive in the in the WoWs ecosystem. Yep, for sure. Now, Especially... I am going to... Oops, sorry. Oh, sorry. All I was going to say is I actually didn't... I overlooked this. It does also have an 18.1 kilometer range. Yeah, no, I, that one I knew. It's quite a long range. If it's flat arcs... It's got good sigma of 2.0, so it could hurt things broadside at range, but... Or not even broadside, it gets the improved AP, so it might do pretty well even even with AP only. Now, I am going to ask a history question, because I got a lot of very, very mean comments oh, for not before, asking before one last you, week. Before you do that, Mr. Greeny, we have yes. to discuss what happened today. And overnight, and what's going to happen tonight? We have started King of the Sea. Oh yes. Um, Felix, did you? I know you're a adjudicator. Have you found the first day for NA? Uh, honestly, I thought it was pretty pretty smooth today. We only had a uh, a few forfeits, and one team dropped out. Um. But overall, in terms of just like the experience of working the tournament, it was pretty smooth. However, comma, we also had far fewer signups than last COTS and the uh, COTS prior. So, um, yeah, there, there were a few co teams that weren't like O7's one that has never missed before. No 2BB of Gosh's clan wasn't there. Um, there were a few clans from last time that still play the game, but they didn't sign up. It, look, it is a big time commitment. 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, US for 3, 4 hours. I'm sure it's the same time commitment on Asia and in EU. So it, it's, but it only happens twice a year. So um, I, I thought there were less um, forfeits this time. Last time when I co-cast with Game Prodigy, there were nine forfeits on the first day. So this time I thought that wasn't the case. Like... In my group that we played in, in group eight, um, one team did do two early forfeits, but then they played through the rest of their game. So credit to them. Um, even though they didn't get a win, they still they still turned up and played. So which is good. Yeah, and I, I thought we had a bigger waiting list than last time because there were there were some dropouts before the tournament, so there were some clans that did get in. Um, yeah, yeah, we we saw a pretty healthy participation today, and also um, I at least I the. The matches I was able to to watch today uh, were pretty interesting. I like the new cap layouts. Um, I think overall, uh, it's going to be a really interesting cards. Yeah, um, Greeny, did you get to watch anything? Don't don't say anything about Conga Line talks. Come on. I did watch um, a team that I've I've a storm team that I've I've watched develop a whole bunch and watch. You know, I have close connections to S Triple C. Um, did did watch them play a few games. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> Somebody who plays on this podcast had yeah. made some mistakes. No, those weren't mistakes. I, I called myself to go there. That last game, we, um, I hate to say it. So, we, I'm we, just getting very defensive. No, that last game, we went in. You saw our lineup. We had five DDs like Trump and the Bazan and F3 Shimmers. Um, we had the rule of anyone can play what they want. Okay. So I played the gold. You still, you still got Conga and Torps. 
I did get conga lined in Torps, yes. And Game Prodigy said if I was to die, he would give out plenty of CC code. So hopefully, he did enjoy that experience. I, uh, I'd also, you know, this will be a callback to when I, I played with Pineapple. Um, I, I really wish that Mr. Mayhem could teach me how to Napoli after that first game. That was, that was <laughs> truly, truly incredible performance. You know what? If it wasn't for that, maybe. Uh, look, th those things happened. We'll. We'll do it with the core, and, and if if our incomp didn't eat all those Harry Torps, we would have pulled that out. We would have won <laughs> that. The second game, um, we we tried a strat with like Clebears everywhere, and um, once our Des Moines got clapped, it was we we couldn't hold down, and that that just meant they could wrap it up. If we didn't lose the Des Moines where we did in the second game, sorry for those listening. Um, I suppose you had to watch the replay, but it could have been something different. But we, we were trying things. We, we knew we'd make it through to the next day, so we were just doing some really off-the-wall things to see how they would pass. Mm. Testing the waters, as they might say. Yeah, like, how often in a scrim... I don't like... Like, scrims, you either play your hand by showing him that you're full strat, or you do a small component... But, component if they're not using a real tactic either you're not going to know if it really worked whereas at least today we we learned if it did or it didn't work yeah so when do but you overall overall cons is going to be good i think it's going to be i think it's going to be fun to chew through and uh, watch them i i think yeah. it's going to be good overall yeah and i'll be casting um Asia, King of the Sea, so that, that'll be something different for me. I, I don't like doing the conflict of interest on um, NA because being playing and casting and so forth is always always a difficult thing early on, so wait and see how that goes. So yeah, it'll be, it should be good cuts across all three servers. Mm, it should. Now, moving on to Greeny's history question for this week. Now, the reason I attempted to shoo this in earlier uh, is because it actually pertained to the ship that we were discussing, the Soviet cruiser. But um, we, we can have this little cots golf in, be, in between them. I actually picked this question before we recorded, so this wasn't even a coinky dink. But speaking of Russian cruisers in the 1950s, if you DM me and tell me how many Sverdlov classes, uh, how many Sverdlov class ships were completed, that will get you a code. If you can tell me how many boilers they have, that will get you another code. <laughs> oh, if you tell no, 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 you got to say what type of ship, because someone's going to sell you eight boilers on the Iowa. No, it's, yeah, on the Sverdlov, on the Sverdlov, how many boilers the Sverdlov has. <laughs> and if you can send me a, a video of you successfully pronouncing one of the, the cruiser names, because I'm looking at them right now, oh my goodness. Um, I, I don't know. I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast or something. These cruisers are insane. The the names. The names. The names. Greeny, Greeny wants some um, language lessons. Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't don't send Talon, because we know what Talon is. Pick <laughs> the one with two O's and, and nine Z's. Pick that one. Odra Hunza Donda Donda Don Z. Pick that one. Don't don't pick. Alexander Nevsky. There's a lot of these that we we haven't game. Admiral Nakamov. Ooh. Oh no. Green's having a conniption. 
Vladivostok? Wait a minute. Okay, some of these are pretty easy. All right. Well, there we go. That That's it. Now, we also have today a history section. Yeah. And last week we wanted to talk about the Fritz X. And boy, oh boy, we're going to talk about the Fritz X. So for those of you who don't know, oh, I'm also going to uh, do this here quickly in Discord. I actually have a picture of me with a Fritz X. Um, really? Yes. He I'm does. Post he it does. In the, in the chat here. Uh, I, I'll post it if you reach out to me uh, on Discord. I, I will send it to you as well. So he, he, may, nice he may be doing something very inappropriate to the Fritz X, but it is greeny with the Fritz X. So there we go. That is that is the Fritz X picture. Please, like I said, reach out to me uh, on Discord if you like the Fritz X picture. It is it is a wonderful, incredible HD photo of the, of this magnificent weapon system. Um, but the Fritz X is a radio-controlled glide bomb. A lot of people assume that there is a rocket motor in the back of this thing because there, uh, in a lot of the war footage that you see, there is smoke coming out of the back of it. It is not a rocket motor. That is actually a flare, so the person controlling the bomb can actually see where it is. Um, but no, it, it is a normal gra gravity propelled weapon. And that is both the strongest aspect of the weapon and the biggest uh, weakness of the weapon. Because with this being a, a large, heavy radio controlled bomb, it, it was essentially a lawn dart. Um, but with, with the, uh, with with the bomb being propelled by gravity, it had incredible penetration. And you know, you, you might think the the Shikishima or the 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 Satsuma has incredible penetration. Well, this thing actually regularly overpenetrated battleships and other largely built vessels. And by overpenetrated, I don't mean they like went through the superstructure and hit the water. I mean it hit the deck and went literally all the way through the ship out the bottom and exploded underneath the ship. These things had incredible armor-piercing capabilities and they had um, incredibly large payloads as well. Now, like I said, that was both a good thing and a bad thing. It was a great thing because whatever you hit was going to feel it. Um, even if a, a ship took an overpenetration in that, in that diving manner, you're still knocking stuff out as you go throughout the ship. And at the end of the day, there's still a massive hole in the bottom of the ship with water coming in. And the number one pro tip for keeping your ship afloat is keeping water out of it. Cause that's not good. I thought the other pro tip was not letting fires cause ships were very flammable. Well, that too, but that was just the asbestos in the walls. How but heavy the, is that thing? It's it looks fucking like it's massive. Like at least, at least a thousand kilos. Like that—that's the other thing. A, a lot of people, a lot of people think that um, it, it's a small weapon because when you see it in photographs, it doesn't look all that big. It looks like it's roughly the size of a thousand-pound bomb with extra 
gizmos and 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 doodads um on it but like i said in the, in this wonderful picture i have i'm six three six four this thing is fucking huge it's almost eight feet long it it, it is massive um i actually don't have the exact weight uh i actually don't have the exact weight here hold on But because I, I know that it was uh, at the very least a few thousand pounds. Um but yeah, it it is a it is a massive and, and heavy piece of uh, equipment. Oh here we go, mass three thousand four hundred and sixty pounds. That is a chonker. What's that what's yeah, that, that real um, measurements? One thousand five hundred and seventy kilograms. That is that is a chunga. The the warhead weighs three hundred and twenty kilograms or seven hundred and ten pounds, and um, maximum speed of twelve hundred and thirty five kilometers an hour or seven hundred and sixty seven miles an hour. This fucker's moving. <laughs> I think it had a minimum drop height of four thousand meters, um, and and a preferred of of five thousand. So and again, the the other thing is is that the, this thing was remote controlled. There was a dude with a joystick, um, guiding this thing down to the target, which is really really interesting. Um, now you know, it, it'd, a, it'd obviously be radio controlled. It wouldn't be wire based, so it has yeah. to, it'd be frequency radio controlled. I'm presuming. Yes, it it was, and the British found that out very quickly. Because the war, the the war spider actually got hit with one of these things, and they thought it was an attack from God. So they they didn't know what it was. They just saw one two engine bomber overhead. They're like, oh, it's it's on a reconnaissance flight. And then something punched clean through the war spider and knocked out an engine room. And they're like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And they they eventually found out that it, uh, a few months later that it was wire uh, that it was radio controlled. And then they just jammed the frequency that it used, and then. Yeah, it, the, the, the Fritz X has uh, stopped being a little bit of a threat. However, the Italians didn't know this. Um, which was really, really, really bad um, for the Roma. Because after the Italian armistice with the Americans, the uh, Italian fleet steamed out to Tunisia. And to prevent the ships from falling into Allied hands... The Germans sent six bombers, each with a Fritz X, and the battleship Roma received two hits and one near miss and sank after their magazine exploded. And the sister ship Italia was also hit as well and took fucking three of these things. So, like, the, the, these were very, very strong weapons. Um, the U.S. actually also took some as well. The USS Savannah was hit by a Fritz uh, during the invasion of Salerno, um, and it was for they they had to drag it all the way back to the U.S. to um, enact repairs on it. Obviously, they did localized repairs, but they they had to bring it all the way back to to adequately fix the vessel. And um, this this also just illustrates the power of this weapon. It passed through the roof of sea turret. Uh, oh, Savannah was a Brooklyn class, by the way. 
So, you know, it's not exactly a, a, a lightly built ship. No. But it's, you know, it's not a Massachusetts. Um, but the, a Fritz passed through the roof of Sea Turret, killed the uh, entire turret crew, and damaged the damage, the damage control party room when it exploded in the lower ammunition handling room. The blast tore, tore a large hole in the ship's bottom, opened the seams in her side, and blew out all the fires in her boiler rooms. That hit forward... And it knocked out the boilers. That's that's how much of a sledgehammer this thing is. Yeah, but ship design, like I, I, I've been reading a lot on um, ships and how they performed, and um, it, it's it wasn't hard to knock a boiler out, especially with a big enough impact, because you've got all the tubing, and especially if you knocked out some of the components that fed into the boiler. They'd have to take oh. the boiler down itself because they had to go back and um, repair those systems that um, fed into it. It, I, 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 I misspoke. It did not damage the systems that fed air to the boilers. It blew out all of the fires <laughs> in the boilers. So it, it, it put out the pilot lights in the boilers. It wasn't like they broke a steam pipe or something. They literally blew out the candles in the boilers. Yep. Um, and yeah, they, they had to tow it to Sue, uh, tow the Savannah to Malta. I almost said they had to tow the Savannah to Savannah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they had to tow it to Malta and they lost almost 200 crewmen. Um, it, it was, it, it was terrible. Uh, USS Philadelphia, another Brooklyn, uh, took a near miss the bomb missed by 25 meters, and the ship still popped a few seams and stuff. Um, it, it, it's, it's incredible the amount of damage that this thing w was capable of doing, um, e even just through pure kinetics alone. I mean, if, if anybody here studies uh, armored history, they know that uh, during the 60s and 70s, a lot of tanks swapped over from chemical penetrators to kinetic penetrators because if you get something going fast enough it it, it can cut through a lot of metal or, or components and anything that's in the compartment that it penetrates into is not going to have a good time due to that process and the the same thing was applied here this thing could hit parts of a could hit a part of a ship and knock out components and and ships or uh I'm getting ahead of myself, could knock out components in other parts of the ship, even on the other side of the ship, as we just discussed with the boilers. Um, that, that this is, and the reason I keep stressing this is because a lot of people, when they're talking about uh, dropped weaponry and, and bombs and stuff, they're thinking about the, oh, what's the explosive filler? What's the TNT equivalent? When... You need to realize and, and you need to remember when you get up to this size, it's also the kinetics that are playing a, a massive um, role mm. as well. Um, yeah, the, the, the war spite as well took one that was a near miss, one punched all the way through the ship and one um, exploded in the number four boiler room. And they, uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredible the amount of damage that this can do to a, a, a battleship. And as so somebody who's been on a battleship, it's, it, it's just crazy. Is it because that the they learned to jam the frequency that she... I know the Germans also did not 
know how effective the weapons were at some stages. This is because they could jam the frequency that she wasn't deployed more frequently. It, it's a combination of that, and you require special aircraft to utilize these. This wasn't a, a system that you could just plug into any bomber. You had to specifically fit it out. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. And you're, you're entirely right at the beginning. It, it was so devastating whenever it hit, and the, the damage always wasn't apparent, because, again, if it hit something that wasn't a battleship, it would just overpen the, the ship. It would just blow a hole in the bottom and go all the way through the ship before exploding, and the Germans would... We're going back to base and be like, Hans, I, I think we missed. I don't. I did not see the big fireball. I think we missed. And then the the Germans went back to the drawing board and they, and they you know they did a whole bunch of different stuff and then they took it out again and it it, it was the same source. That's what it was like for the first year or two that the Fritz X was actually deployed. They they were they didn't think that they had a, a devastating weapon. Meanwhile, it was hitting you. It was hitting U.S. and, and British and, and Italian ships, and it, it was like getting punched in the head by Mike Tyson. It just was not good. No, thank you for though that history. That was pretty awesome to have that back. Yes, um, it's nice to have the history section back, and I'm, it's not as nice to have it just be Michael's ramble section. I'm going to do a lot more formatting here in the future, <laughs> but um, yeah. All good, sir. I must say a thank you to um, Felix Argyle for joining us this week. It's lovely to have you on, sir. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Go hunt a bear or go protect yourself from a bear. Or make friends with the bear. <sighs> oh, do it only when Green is with you. Uh-oh. You betcha. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and listening to this week. Hopefully you have fun in the game, and we will see you in the game. Till then, take care. Goodbye.